Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pop a top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set em up, my friend. All right, welcome back to episode 75 of Two Drunk Brothers and a Podcast, presented by the Hub Chicago. <laughs> I want to punch you in the face for that. Episode 75, it's a, uh, it's a big one. Yeah, we are. Yes, a, uh, we're counting in terms of significant numbers. We're, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> we're three quarters of a way to 100. So that's good math. We're also 75th out of 100s away. Yeah, you didn't round down your fractions in elementary school, did you? Three quarters. Yeah, I mean, I did. I always hated that stuff, though. I know that I was like, this is the most pointless shit I've ever done in my life. Yeah, yeah. I, the, only, the only time I think we can use fractions is when you're like cooking in the kitchen, though. Even then, it's just like... Ah, this looks about right. Most yeah, fuck it, fuck it. But uh, so this is a very rare in a sportsless world. The two drunk brothers, who are a sports podcast, are coming to you for the third week in a row um, because Uncle Dana is saving our lives this weekend. Throughout the next couple of weeks, yeah. Other than Korean baseball that just kicked off last night. By the way, who the fuck's gonna do that? Shit comes on at midnight our time. Four four thirty tonight. Four thirty last night. The one last night came on at one a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, I mean it's it's very late. No one's really going to watch that. But UFC two forty nine this Saturday. I guess the state governor don't know who it was. The governor said, of Florida deemed sports essential in the state. So the next so Dana is literally going to put on three events. In the next week, this Saturday, next Wednesday night, and next Saturday, all at the same place. I believe it's in what was it, in Jacksonville? Was, was that where was that? I think it's in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. So, the biggest one though is two forty nine, which is the one that we're going to be covering, which is this Saturday, this Saturday, May 9th. And they there are some great fights. They start at five thirty. Central's time, the early prelims do. And I think there's like 13 in total, I want to say. Yeah, we're, we're going to chat gonna be covering 10. Yeah, we're going to do 10 of them. Because um, there's some, honestly, some good fights on the early prelims. I think you, I believe you have to have an ESPN subscription, ESPN Plus subscription to watch those fights. If not, I know the prelims are usually on Fox Sports 1. And then the... Um, or they used to be anyway, and then the main cards on ESPN Plus as well. Which even the prelims, no, are no, very good. Yeah, no, never mind. The prelims aren't. No, the prelims are on ESPN now. No. Yeah, the prelims. So you'll be able to watch a majority of the fights, which has some really good ones. 
for free up until the main card. If you don't feel like forking out the 60 bucks, but if you're a true diehard sports fan and you haven't had live sports in fucking almost two months now, you're going to fork up the 60 bucks to watch it, or you should anyway. Especially if you're interested and you compete in our contest. Yes. Giveaway that we're doing for a 75th episode. Yeah. Do you want me to kind of kind of explain it maybe? Yeah, you can go go through it. All right. So basically, we kind of kicked around the tires on some ideas for a giveaway. So Travis and I are going to be coming out with, for the, for those of you, of you OG listeners, before we had the new logo, we had some merch. We had t-shirts. Obviously, shit happened with that. So we got a new logo. We're going to be re- releasing shirts again. Um, and the winner of this giveaway will get a shirt. A, you will get it. We already owe one to Brett Hamilton, who's probably going to get one of those too. Um, but anyway, th- this contest is going to go as follows. So basically, all you have to do is tell us when you think a knockout is not like a knockout will occur in any fight. You don't have to yeah. specify the fight. You don't have to specify the fight, who the fighter is that wins, anybody. Just give us a round and when you think the knockout's going to going to going to going to occur. So if you think if you want to guess, you think a knockout's going to occur with 2 minutes left in the first round, just tweet at us and say round 1, 2 minutes left. We'll get you down. And any all the knockouts throughout the night, we'll look at them and we'll look at all of our entries. And whoever is the closest time-wise to a knockout, round and time, will win the prize. I think I did pretty good on that. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine someone would at least get fairly close. Obviously, it's going to be, you know, damn near impossible to guess the exact time a knockout's going to occur. But we are going to pick the person closest, if it has to be all the way down to the second, away from a knockout. So, for example, if we have two people, one guy picked round one with two minutes left, and another guy picked round one with three minutes left, and the knockout occurred at round one at two minutes and 23 seconds, then the guy who picked round one two minutes left will win because he was closest. Yeah. So we'll be giving away – a t-shirt with the new logo on it. Obviously we will reach out to you regarding further stuff if you win, but definitely tweet that at us, like retweet the episode, whatever. We'll be putting up a, something on Instagram too, if you want to respond to that, but either way, that's the giveaway. We'll mention it again later in the episode. Let's get down to business. Actually, before we do so, quick gambling update since we are covering UFC 249. Let's make this super quick. Yeah, we've been less than stellar. Sucks to the XFL was stopped because we were getting hot with those picks, but our draft picks were trash. We lost 10.6 units just on our draft picks. So we're now at minus 15.75 units on the year. Doesn't sound promising, but stick with us because I feel like we could gain some ground here. For sure. Yeah, especially with these UFC fights. So we'll be releasing our best lines. Obviously, we're going to do. 10 fights this weekend. We'll probably do our favorite ones on next Wednesday and our favorite ones next Saturday. Um, let's get down to it. We're going to kick it off. UFC 249, Saturday, May 9th. Early prelim started at 5.30 p.m. Central time on ESPN+. Plus. Um, it's ESPN+, Plus, right? The early prelims are, aren't they? Here, I will. I'm pretty sure they are. It doesn't even say on ESPN's website. Okay. Well, you but... probably on ESPN+. Plus. Anyway, it's going to be – it might even actually be on ESPN since there's nothing else on. No, it says it's on Fight Pass. 
UFC Fight Pass. You do have to have UFC. So it's not even on ESPN, the early prelims. Which you can get. I'm pretty sure you can get a free day trial of UFC Fight Pass to watch these to get your full fix of full of all night fighting. So anyway, we're going to kick it off with a featherweight fight. For those of you who don't it's know. the second fight of the night, not the second first fight of the night. Featherweight fight is 145. This dude, Bryce Thug Nasty Mitchell versus Charles Rosa who sounds like a fucking seventh grade science teacher. Um, Bryce Mitchell is the favorite at minus 170. And I'll just go ahead and let Travis kind of take it away and I'll chime in when, when needed. Charles Rosa, he is Charles Boston Strong Rosa. So I imagine he's from Boston. But either way, Thug Nasty, I know you guys, if you haven't seen him, you're probably not picturing a 145-pound white boy from Arkansas. But – that's who this is. Anyway, this one is tougher than I thought when I looked into it because Jarrett was talking all up about Bryce Mitchell. But they're both wrestlers by nature. Mitchell's 12-0 and with nine submissions. Rose is 12-3 and with eight submissions. So it's not really, really a clear upper hand on the wrestling part. But I can see this fight either being finished by submission very early or it's just going to go the distance in a long out ground battle boringness fight i however am gonna go with bryce mitchell here at minus 170 the odds so not bad uh just because he's younger he's 25 rosa's 33 so i think while he does have more experience mitchell has the spunk and the speed he can get craftier with his attempts which i'm sure jared's going to mention uh it it just helps him in the way that he is going to be younger, maybe more stamina, considering that Rose has only fought once in the last three years. So if I'm going to call it, I'm going to go Mitchell by submission in the second. Oh, very nice. I like that pick. I mean, this one to me was one of the easier ones I looked at. I think Mitchell is one of the best rising stars in the UFC, and I believe he will fight for the title um, one day. Mark my words on that. I mean, the featherweight, the featherweight division is – was dominated by Max Holloway for the longest time. Finally lost to Volkanovski, so I think it's kind of up in the air right now. I can see Mitchell fighting for the title sometime in the near future. Uh, like Travis said, 12-0, 9 by submission. Uh, he pulled off the second-ever twister submission in his last fight. For those of you who don't know, look it up. I mean, it's painful. Basically, he, like, pins – I'm trying to explain. He'll, he'll pin, he pins the, you pin the arm behind your back while they're on the ground. It basically takes your neck and just, like, fucking cranks it the other way. I mean, basically, it's like it's weird. It didn't look. It doesn't even look like it's a position that you could get in. Yeah, uh, it looks easy to get out of, but apparently, it's not. Yeah. So, um, and for me, Rosa has split his last six. Even like Travis said, he's only fought once in the last three years, dating back to that. He split his last six. I do think since he's both since both these guys are wrestlers, we're in for a bit of a ground grappling match. But I think Mitchell will dominate the top get more submission attempts, maybe even come close to submission a couple of times. I think he wins by decision, and I'm going to put three and a half units on Bryce Mitchell at minus 170. Uh, we're going we're going full units and everything on all 10 right now? I did, yeah. Oh. Uh, you said just for him to win three and a half at minus 170? Yeah. I'll just go – I'd just be comfortable with two there just because the value is not incredible. Um Second fight, but hey, we're on the right track. We got both similar picks going into the second, third fight of the early prelims, actually. The last one of the early prelims. It is the welterweight fight. Number 13, uh, 
Vincente, the Luke, silent yeah. assassin, Luke versus Nico, the hybrid price. And this fight, I feel like, is very lopsided for some unknown reason that I'm not sure. So that's what I was going to say. I mean, it's a welterweight fight. I mean, Luke is, is ranked. Price isn't. Um, barely. He's barely ranked. Luke is the seasoned vet here. I mean, he's got 25 fights under his belt, but I'm not really sure why he's so heavily favored. He's coming off a loss to Stephen Thompson back in November. And if you really look at his least, at his recent wins, the only one that really stood out to me was a split decision with Mike Perry back in August. Other than that, I mean, a lot of the guys he's beaten have been, you know, kind of semi-scrubs. Uh, my thing is he can do it anyway. Luke can. He can win by – he's got nine wins by, nine wins by TKO. Six by submission, two by decision. But Price, nothing to scoff at on the other side. 14-3-1. He's a headhunter, 10 KOs, and he can kill with his kicks. Um, so, you know, dogs win all the time. UFC, I'm going with the dog here and Nico Price. Um, I think he's going to win yeah. by TKO in the second. One unit, it's, it's such great value at plus 215. Um, so, t- Price by TKO in the second, one unit at plus 215. So Jared stole my thunder. I wasn't done talking because I wanted to go first again. <laughs> but um, within the last two years, first of all, you mentioned this fight is not going the distance at all. No, these guys within are the last, Within the last two years, these two have fought a combined 12 fights, which is a lot, six apiece. Only two of those have gone the distance. Both of those were Luke's. Um, they, Jared already mentioned they have, they're great strikers. Both have knockout power. With the value of Nico Price at plus 215, I think he's a decent enough fighter to give some hope of an early round KO. So I'm taking him by a stunning knockout in the first. But I could also see it very well going the other way. I could see him getting knocked out in the first as well. I mean, that's why the value is there. Like minus 300 is what Luke is. I'm not touching out with a 10-foot pole. No. Yeah, I mean, this is really close for me. I definitely like Nico Price as soon as you – Told me you're talking about that fight. I knew I was thinking of him because I've seen him fight before, and he's actually, like you said, got a lot of skills. So, um, without, I'm, I'm just gonna. I would obviously only put one unit on that plus yeah, enough value. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. One unit for me. Um, so that's that's gonna be the two fights we're gonna talk about on the early prelims. Again, that's on UFC Fight Pass. If you want to watch, it starts at 5:30 Central Standard Time, um, and you can get a seven day free trial of Fight Pass to watch those. Um, and if you're like anybody else, if you already used it, just use a fucking different email. It's super simple. Hey everyone. As you know, we've been recording with anchor for about a year now. And honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because a it's free B there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. With that being said, we're going to roll into the prelims at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. These are on ESPN, so actual TV. Um, We have a women's fight, strawweight, which I believe – before we. We, we, we skipped the first one. We're not talking about the first prelim fight. Okay. Okay. So, so not the first prelim because I believe that's Uriah Hall, right? Yeah. 
which would have been a good one to talk about, but we've got we can only fit in ten here. So it's a women's strawweight fight, which I believe strawweight is one fifteen. Am I right? One fifteen. Okay, one fifteen. Uh, we got number seven, Carla Espar- Esparza. At Carla m- Cookie Monster. Yeah, I saw her Cookie Monster Esparza at minus one sixty versus number eight, Michelle Waterson at plus one forty. The Karate Hottie. Yeah, I know she was. I knew she had a weird name. <laughs> so. Again, another very close fight, which you can tell by the odds. Minus 160 is not bad for a favorite. So I'll let Travis go ahead and kick this one off on what he thinks is going to happen here. Oh, boy. Um, I don't see this being the most intense fight ever. Probably one of the most boring fights of the night. Uh, Sorry, my mic fell. But it is the only women's fight of the card, so we have to cover it. Both of these women, actually, fun fact, won the ultimate fighter finale. In back-to-back years, Carla Esparza beat Rose Namahunas in that fight in 2014. Man, let's uh, let's kind of go ahead and fast forward now to see who's had the better career. Exactly. Um, so saying that, it's still a toss-up for me, especially given these odds. But I'm going with Michelle Watterson. She, within the last couple of years, has faced much tougher fighters. Has a better ability to control this fight on the ground. It's going to be a slow fight no doubt about it but i'm gonna say that with her ability to grind it down on the ground she just kind of gets on top controls the whole fight and wins by decision waterson at plus 140 man people are gonna hate that we're not gonna have a lot of like disagreements because i also have michelle waterson winning this fight um she's dangerous i literally the first sentence i wrote is she's dangerous if this fight goes to the ground, nine submissions is a season 34 year old bet with 24 fights under her belt. Um, and Vegas are really going to make the lean towards, and they have towards Esparza here um, for will make, will make people want to take Esparza. But the last time she won a fight that wasn't by decision was in 2014. So she's been like Travis said, super boring. I think it's going to be a super boring fight. Um, but I do think Waterson is a better ground control fighter here. And that's what I envision happening. Her controlling the ground and securing a decision victory. Two units on Michelle Waterson at plus 140. All right. I did it at one. Rolling with the same picks here. We're going to keep this going back and forth. I'll lead into the next one and let Jared start it off. But it is a heavyweight bout. Number 12, Alexi, the boa constrictor, Olenek. Versus, I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this. Fabricio. Fabricio Verdum. Fabricio Vicavallo Verdum. At minus 325, which again, I feel like is a bit of a lopsided fight for some unknown reason, but I'll let Jared take it away. I don't think it's very unknown. I think um, Olenek, I mean, this dude has 57 fights. It's insane. Well, Um, they're both 42 years old. Yeah, they're old. Um, been around for a while. Olenek is Russian, so I mean he probably fights every other fucking weekend's backyard with a bear. So what does it really matter? Um, <laughs> I mean, and he's seasoned. Won his last fight in dynamic fashion with a round two submission in the second round. Uh, round two submission in the second round. That's you tell drunk Jero is typing out that fucking sentence. Um, <laughs> I don't think he's a match though for how powerful Verdum is and. For those who don't know, I mean, Verdum can do it all. He's, he can wrestle. He has knockout power. 11 of his 23 wins have come from submission, six from KOs, and he's and his last three losses have been to Alexander Volkov, 
Alistar Overeem, and Stipe Miocic, the champion. Those are fucking three high-quality opponents, but he's marked everybody else. Um, before that, he hadn't lost since 2011. I think Verdum is the better fighter. I think um, Alexi Olenek is too old, and I think Verdum's going to win by TKO in the first. Five units on Verdum, minus 325. Oh, my gosh. He's too old. They're both 42 years old. I think Olenek has a bit more mileage on him. Well, I don't. All right, so here's coming. Here's our first disparity pick, but I want to talk about Olenek for a second and do a little more fun facts. His official first MMA fight was in 1996 in Ukraine. <laughs> I was a, a little over a year old. In 1996, he won three matches in one day. Yeah, they used to have tournaments. He fought three times in a day, all in the first round. Either way. Um, I'm tempted to to take both of these guys. Like yeah. I, I again, this is I think this is one where I don't know why the odds are so heavily stacked against. I think Olenek. the odds are because Verdum can do it all, and Olenek is just a ground guy because he's the boa constrictor. Yeah, and that's why I'm going to take him. This dude has 46 submissions in his career. 46 submissions. I think that the only way he loses is by KO, but Verdum hasn't had a knockout since 2014. Pair that with the fact that Verdum is 42 and hasn't fought in over two years. The last time he fought was in March of 2018. So as a 42-year-old, his conditioning is going to be in rough shape from not fighting in two years. So I think he's going to come in. Especially with him taking this probably on a shorter notice too. Yeah. So Olenek's going to come in much more conditioned. He's fought five times within the last two years. I'm taking him by submission in the third at plus 240 to win. Just one unit again. Yeah, I mean, I kind of laid my nuts out on that one. I just see Verdum winning this fight, so I put five. I'm just not going to put that. I'm I'm not going to take a minus 325 fight. I would much rather put one unit on plus 240 for a guy who can win this fight, I think. We shall see. We shall see on that one. So that is going to roll into the last the last fight we're going to have on the prelims, which the fact this fight's on, on the prelims is absolutely insane. You guys are getting a free show to make you want to buy the card because it's the last prelim on ESPN, a welterweight belt at 170 pounds. You got Anthony Showtime Pettis, number 15, at minus 145 versus number six, Donald Cowboy Cerrone, who's plus 125. And, I mean, I can't think of two guys who just can go out there and fucking just throw shit at each other. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good fight. I think the old Cowboy would would want to try to take the best angle at this fight and see, hey, what's the best way I can win? But I think he's been more in the mood lately of, I'm just going to go out there and just throw hands and just fight somebody. You know, you get knocked out so, in 35 seconds by Conor McGregor. It's, so be it. Yeah, exactly. So he's just like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and fight, put on a show. But I think Pettis, either way, on the ground and standing up, has a very good chance of winning this fight. Ooh, really? You think you think Pettis is a better ground fighter than Cerrone? No, I never said better ground okay. fighter. I'm just saying he's good enough to hold his own on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he would win, but I think on the ground he's still pretty good. I think he has seven submission wins in his career. So he's no scrub on the ground. He knows what he's doing. Otherwise, I think they stand up. I think Pettis wins this fight on their feet. Again, Donald Cerrone is going to want to give 
the fans. Well, there's going to be no fans in attendance, but he's going to give them what they want. Um, both of them have had a very, very rough go of it the last few years. I think they should both look to giving it up. They're well past their prime. Yeah, but I'm going with Pettis by decision here. Don't love it, but at minus 145, I think that's good enough. I think Anthony Pettis is the more, not the more talented, but definitely the fighter to win this in terms of where they're at in their careers. Man. All right. I mean, I, I love both these fighters. I mean, Showtime Pettis obviously got the name Showtime because he knocked the dude off with the kick off the cage. But I don't know if you knew this, Travis. This is a rematch seven, seven years in the making. Um, these dudes fought, fought seven years ago, and Pettis was the first guy to TKO Cerrone inside of, of the distance. Um, and like I said, you know, both of them are past their prime, but they're going to look to put on a show. This has fight of the night candidate written all over it. Um, Ooh, I don't know. One later might be fight of the night. Yeah, and Ganu and Rosenstruck. No, I was talking about a different one, but we'll talk about that okay. too. Cerrone is known for his anywhere, anytime mentality. And I thought it was hilarious. And I think he's dead serious. He said, he said I'm going to go on this Saturday. I'm going to win this fight. Because like I said, the next three fights are at the same arena. He's, he's driving his RV there. He's like, I'm going to leave my RV parked outside. I'm going to tell Dana, I'm going to win this fight. Line somebody up for me on Wednesday and win that fight. And line somebody up for me on Saturday. I'm going to be the first UFC fighter to fight three times in a week. Um, which would be fucking bananas because I think after that he would probably hang it up. Um, but the last three fights for Cerrone, McGregor, Gaethje, Ferguson, obviously, I mean, just a fucking brutal gauntlet there. All three losses. Pettis lost to Nate Diaz and then some no-name guy in January when he tried to drop back down to lightweight. Um, I think Cerrone's a better all-around fighter. He can wrestle, throw vicious kicks, elbows, and grapple. Pettis has powerful kicks, though. I think this is going to be a stand-up fight, knocking around people and then just punching at each other. I have Cerrone by decision um, with two units on him. So we both think it's going to go to decision at least. I see it being very close. Yeah, I have two at Pettis. Like I said, I don't love it. I see this fight going either way. But with just the way that Cerrone's been lately, I mean, this man hasn't hasn't won. He's only gotten knocked out in his last three fights. So it's not looking good for him if he's going to want to stand up and throw with Anthony Pettis. For sure. But so, is it, I guess, no, it's your turn to lead off this fight. Yeah, and that takes us into the main card, which starts at 9 Central. Uh, you're going to have to pay for these fights. But it will be well worth it because they are all good, all five. We're covering all five. Heavyweight fight. Don't have much to say about this one to start off the main card. It is Greg Hardy, uh, minus 210 favorite. Versus Jorgen DeCastro, who also doesn't have a nickname. Yeah, I mean, both these guys are super green UFC. I believe, like, from what I could find, I couldn't find a whole lot about Jorgen DeCastro, but is this, is this his first UFC fight? It's his second. He's only had one, and it was a fight night. Oh, yeah, he knocked out um, Overeem. Yeah, so he's only had one UFC fight. All of these guys' wins have come by knockout. Uh no, the Castro has one by um, Hardy has one by by decision. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's had, but all of all of the Castros are my knockout. Yeah. So they, for they, me, they both only fought a handful of times. Yeah. There's uh, they have eleven fights total between between the two of them, which isn't a lot. Uh, Hardy's five and one, and uh, DeCastro. I think he's five and two because he had that no contest. Five one and one. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You're right. He, he's five one and one, no contest. Um, and then uh, DeCastro's five and zero. For me, I mean, like we've seen. And I've watched almost all of Hardy. I actually have watched all of Hardy's UFC fights, not his like ultimate fighter shit. Um, but I've seen two very different fighters come out of Greg Hardy. One that comes out, goes for the kill, expends all of his fucking energy in the first three minutes trying to knock somebody out. And I've seen the guy that fights smart and conservative and saves his strength and goes for opportunities rather than just trying to go for the head. So my question on this fight is which Greg Hardy will we see on Saturday? Um, you know, and that's really the big question. The cash was dangerous five and oh, he's a kickboxer, um, which if you look at him, <laughs> he does not. <clears throat> he's a fat motherfucker. This dude's six, one, two fifty. He, but he's labeled as a kickboxer. He doesn't look like one in the slightest. Um, I think these guys are going to try to tr- try to come out and throw blows, or at least a Castro will, and I think that might be his downfall. I think Hardy will save his strength, fight smart, but the Castro will wear himself out and try to go for for a head hunting hunt, head hunting experience here. Um, I think Hardy's going to use his UFC experience to win this fight. I have Hardy by TKO in the second five units on that pitch. Yeah, so I can't go against the favorite here. I mean, Hardy has a six inch reach and a four inch leg reach on him. He's six, five to Castro six, one. He's got 15 pounds on him. Uh, whoever wins this fight is doing so by knockout. And it, I think it's going to be Greg Hardy. The uh, Castro. Yes. While he has knocked out all five opponents, he has one UFC fight, not nearly the competition that Hardy has had. So I'm taking, Hardy by knockout in the first. And I'm doing three units on Hardy to win. All righty. So there we go. We both got Hardy after a couple of disagreements, which rolls us into the second fight on the main card, which is a featherweight fight. Another 145 pounder. You got number seven, Jeremy, the heathen Stevens and number nine, Calvin. What's his nickname? Does he have one? Boston finisher. Another Boston man. Calvin, the Boston finisher, Qatar. Calvin Qatar is the big, big favorite at minus 250. Not big, big, but 255. Pretty big. Pretty big to me. Um, 
I think this is another pretty evenly matched fight, so I'll kind of let you take it away while I go make another drink. Yeah, uh, I don't love this fight by any means, um, especially at minus 255 for Calvin Guitar. I went back and forth on this fight quite a bit. I think that I'm going to lean a certain way, which might be the correct way, but apparently this Calvin Qatar guy is a pretty big badass, and while he has fought, I think, 24 times, I haven't heard of his name a lot, probably because it comes from this featherweight division, which really hasn't been that active within the most recent years. I just find it hard to believe that Calvin Qatar, a 5'11", man who weighs 145, is going to be this big badass that everyone's talking about. Because 5'11", 145 is a scrawny dude. Uh, however, Stevens is riding quite the losing streak. Qatar yes. only lost twice in the last 10 years, both coming in the last two years, though. But pair that, Jeremy Stevens hasn't even won a fight in the last two years. I think Qatar has the height advantage, the reach advantage, the leg reach advantage. I'm taking him by decision against a struggling recent Jeremy Stevens. Two units on minus 255. All righty. Well, I didn't really hear a lot what Travis said because I had to run in the kitchen, so I'll just kind of spew off some shit. I mean, this this card is littered with seasoned vets, um, and it really continues with Stevens here. I mean, he's dude, this dude has 45 fights. 45 I know, fights. he's just been so bad lately. I know, I know, I know. Um, this is another fight that I don't see going to the ground either. Um, I think these dudes are going to stand up and fucking tr- just trade. Stevens has 19 wins by KO. Katara has 10. Um, however, and I looked at, I'm going to get technical on you here. Katar is more effective in landing his strikes. He, um, he lands 5.12 strikes per minute compared to Stevens 3.09. On the other hand, he's also more effective at absorbing hits. Yep, yep, exactly. Qatar absorbs 6.36, and Jeremy Stevens only absorbs 2.98. So Qatar is a better striker. Stevens is a better defender. I feel like so, it evens out. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, like, it's going to be a, a big thing of, of does defense or offense prevail here in this fight. Um, but for me, like Travis said, Stevens has lost three in a row. Qatar's coming, coming, lo- coming off a loss to Sabit. Uh, Magomed Sharapov, which by the way, we got to get a Bryce Mitchell Zabit Magomed Sharapov fight because that would be fucking electric. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, that's a beat loss. That's a good loss. Yeah, because it was a decision. Yeah, and that that's how Stevens lost to him as well. He lost to him via decision. Um, but again, like Travis said, I think Qatar is more deadly. I think in this instance, the offense will prevail over the defense because I see Stevens kind of head hunting here. So I'm also I think Stevens is going to make it, though. So I, I'm going to take Qatar by decision, two units. Hey, same thing. Yep. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I just couldn't – I don't know. I saw, still honestly don't know how Stevens is ranked number seventh in the division after losing as many times he has. I mean, that featherweight division, dude, is so – like, I'm, I hate to say That's what it. I told you. That's what I said while you were gone. I said – this featherweight division is trash. Probably why I haven't heard of Callan Guitar because apparently he's been doing pretty damn good within the last couple of years. Anything below 155 in the men's side of the UFC is kind of kind of garbage from yeah. me. So uh, a couple of disparities, but other than that, all the same. So let's go on into the third fight of the main card. All right, third. It's you're, you're leading this one off, by the way. Oh, I am, aren't I? Um, heavyweight fight. Should be a good one. Very good one. Number two, two fucking killers. 
Yeah, number two, Francis the Predator and Ganu, minus 300 versus number six. Again, what the hell? Jarzino, Biggie Boy, Rosenstruck. Yeah. Yep. You did you're pretty good. I would have butchered that first name, but I believe it's Rosenstruck. Uh, I don't know what it is. Oh, no. I, see, I see the UI there. You Rosenstruck. Anyway, again, never really heard of this dude. He's kind of come, in, come up out of nowhere. Um, Ngannou has, has since for a long time has been one of my favorite fighters on, on the roster. I mean, the dude is an animal. I mean, just I follow him on Instagram, and the way he fucking trains is stupid. I mean, if you look at this man, he does not look 250. No, no. His pure shreddedness. Yeah. That's what he is. And his power is absolutely unfucking match. I mean, he can knock out anyone with one swift string, with one swift swing. Go watch him knock out Alistair Overeem with that with uppercut. I mean, it is absolutely terrifying. I think Overeem saw his, his, his descendants in the sky because that's how bad this knockout was. And um, I can probably see why he's minus 300. Uh, a lot of people are probably, again, getting ahead of themselves, always going up against guys 10-0. Yeah, but I mean, Francis Ngannou. He, do, he faces, a, not, he faces a, 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 t- a tough task. You know, Rosenstruck is 10-0, nine KOs. Um, but Ngannou is no slouch either. Nine KOs in his 13 wins. So, I mean, talking ten. about two, 10 KOs. Okay, 10. Talking about two – I. For some reason, I was looking on the UFC website and like they have it, they don't like break it down by number, they have it by percentage. So I was like doing math. Yeah. But anyway, so it's 10. However, for me, the tale of the tape tells all in this one. Oh my gosh. This is what made it or break broke it for me. So I'll I'll give one, you give the other. And Ganu has a five inch arm reach advantage. And also a three and a half inch leg reach advantage, which is big for big boys. Yeah. So if he can keep his distance, I think at any point in time, this fight's going to be able to knock this dude out. Although I do think they're going to – I think we're going to see, like, this is another fight fight of the night candidate for me. Um, I think they're going to trade, 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 but I see Nganu catching them in the third. I'm going to do three units on Nganu by KO in the third. So All right. Like the pick in general, I know – I'm not going to rule out this biggie boy. Yeah. Rosenstruck. I mean, he's number six for a reason. Not going to knock him, but only fighting 10 fights. He hasn't fought anyone like Nganu. Yes, he fought Alistar Overeem, but a guy who's, you know, kind of been falling off. When when did he knock him out, though, Travis? (laughs) With four seconds left in the fight, in the fifth round. So, again, it shows that he does have stamina, but he has not fought anyone near the level or the competition of Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou, his only losses in the UFC are to Steve Miocic and Derek Lewis by decision, mind you. Yeah. So this dude's not getting knocked out. Francis Ngannou is not going to get knocked how do you, out. How do you, how do you lose to Stipe? Was it was it a submission? No, it was a decision. Oh, really? So both his only losses have come by decision in the UFC. Damn. To those two. So and Stipe was a five round decision. Yeah, because that, so, that, that was probably – I think that was the interim fight, and that's why Stipe got to fight um, Cormier. Yeah. yeah. Other than those two losses, every single win dating back to 2016 for Nganu have ended in the first round. <laughs> have all ended in the first round. 
However, I'm saying that Rosenstruck barely nudges it out of the first round here. I'm taking Nganu by KO in the second. In the units amount? In the units amount, I'm doing three. Okay. Just because, okay. I mean, at minus 300, you almost have to. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was my thought process, too. So, on the main card, we're all the same. Um, feel like we might. These last two, I think, are the most, to me, the most interesting fights. Not, not the most interesting, but I can see these going either way here. Um, a little bit. Like, if I really, like, the first three fights, I'm like, nope. I like all three of the favorites. Yeah. The last two fights, I can look at it, and I can make an argument for the underdogs in both fights. I agree. Um, fair to say? I agree. Yeah. So, we're going to roll into the co-main event. It's the for the Bantamweight title. And we got the champion, Henry Triple C Cejedo. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Henry Cejedo actually owns the title in the Bantamweight, which is 135, and the Featherweight, which is 120. Not Featherweight. Uh, flyweight. Light, no, Lightweight's 155. Flyweight. Flyweight. Yeah, Flyweight. Flyweight, which is 125, which the UFC's talked about thought about scrapping that all together, which they Yeah, should. that'd be a good idea. Um, so he's technically a double champ like Conor McGregor and fucking uh, – I can't remember the other person. Um, anyway, Senator Henry Cejedo is minus 235, the favorite, obviously, as the champion, facing Dominic Cruz at plus 195. Uh, interesting fight here. Yeah, I mean, I always hate these little guy fights – and I don't think this one's going to change. They just—they're super boring, especially if you're having Dominic Cruz uh, come in and fight for the title, which many of his fights are boring because a lot of them go to decision. Almost all of them, I think. <laughs> he also has not fought. Me and Jared were talking about this earlier since December of 2016, when he lost his title. But what what was that? What was that loss, Travis? It was to Cody Garbrandt. And it was also his first. Yeah, it was his first. But either way, man, like, I don't care. You step away from the game for three and a half years, you're losing a lot. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure he's been training, but that's nowhere near stepping in the ring for a title fight on a pay-per-view event. I get there's going to be no one there, but still the pressure of it being a title fight. First, Henry Cejudo, who is a very good fighter. I I hate him. I hate him so much. I know, but I think this is going to be a very – Slow play, keep away game for Dominic Cruz. Kind of, kind of gonna feel him out. He used to be the best in this division. He has wins over Faber, Dillashaw, Mighty Mouse, Benavidez. So Benavidez and Faber twice. Yeah, I think he can win this fight, but I'm not sure how I feel about the hiatus. He, how that's gonna affect his ability to fight with champions Henry Cejedo, who has been fighting regularly for years now. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. 
It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Um, it's going to go to a decision, I think, because of how Dominic Cruz fights. And I, I'm going to lean towards Sahedo, mainly because we see all these decisions favor the, the champion. champion because you have to earn that belt. I feel like you have to either beat the shit out of him or like like Garbrandt, like Garbrandt did to Cruz in, in, in his in his decision fight. Yeah, like you, we see all these title fights nowadays. Who they chip at him, they beat him in strikes. They they look like they John, win. John Jones last fight. John yeah. Jones last fight. They look like they win in the fans' eyes, but they don't because I feel like, and I agree with it. To beat the champ, you have to beat them like favorably. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Cejudo by decision. I also think this this is going to go to decision as well. Um, like I already said, I think Cejudo is the most cringy dude on the roster uh, next to – and I know we like Colby Covington, but Colby Covington is cringy as fuck too. Um, yeah, I love Colby Covington though. Yeah, but he's so cringy with those models though. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Henry Cejudo, Henry Cejudo is the same way. He calls himself, he calls himself Triple C because he's got an Olympic gold medal and two UFC belts. Like – Dude, chill the fuck out. He said you got to bend – his his phrase, you got to bend the knee to triple C is what he says. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I like the dude by any means, but pure business decision, yeah. I, have to, I have to go him. Well, Tra- Travis like kind of like stole my thunder, but I think Cruz is a solid fighter. One loss, Cody Garbrandt. Um, other than that, you look at his, you look at his resume, it's fucking solid. Um, but is that delayed time off going to hurt him? I think Cejudo, and this is you. You might find this interesting. I think Cejudo fights a lot like Cody Garbrandt. He's a wrestler by nature, but he loves to stand up and strike, which is what Cody Garbrandt likes to do. If Cruz can learn from his mistakes in that Cody Garbrandt fight from three and a half years ago, where he tried to stand up and just strike and strike and strike and strike, if he can just maybe try to take it to the ground, advance, get some takedowns, get some sub attempts. I think he can take this one by decision. I think Cruz can do it. I'm not very confident at all. I can't go straight favorites on the um, main card, so I'm gonna th- I'm gonna have to take a, an underdog somewhere. I'm gonna take Dominic Cruz at plus 185 by with just one unit though. Yeah, I mean, I just I like I said, I'm not in love. I think if if there were a upset to happen, it would happen here or the next fight. But just yep. with the just with how dominant Cruz fights in general, I don't see him winning this fight. Also, based on historic, I mean, resumes from the judges. Yeah, no, I feel you. Which takes us, and you, you get to get the honors to lead into the the main event. Yeah, it is the lightweight interim title because can't, Khabib, well, time out can, can we talk about this why does Khabib get to keep dodging the fights and fucking keep his title I think time? this is like the only situation and where the, he could dodge it one more time but this was the sixth he, this was the sixth fifth time they tried to make Tony Ferguson and Khabib happen yeah I think this is the only the only and last situation where it's possible that he gets out of it because they wouldn't let him out of Russia, which is understandable because I don't even know if the coronavirus is in Russia. I don't think it is. It they, it's it is, but people were saying he could he could have taken a private flight and Dana White was going to oh. was Dana White was going to fly him private, but Fight Island isn't ready. So all if you don't notice, all these fighters are based out of the U.S. I mean, yes, some are from other countries, but they all fight out of the U.S. 
so they only can travel internationally. Fight Island's going to be ready on in June, and that's when we'll start to see international fighters come in. So it's the lightweight interim title. You got number one, Tony El Quique. El Quique Ferguson versus number four, Justin the Highlight Gaethje. Dude, Justin Gaethje has the most punchable face. Yep. In the I, I just he just looks like a guy that he needs his face rearranged, which might happen in this fight. That's what I'm saying. It uh, might happen here. Tony Ferguson's so electric, so fun. Tony Ferguson is a hell of a fighter to watch. He's crazy. He's there crazy as hell. Blood. Yeah. There will be blood. Lots of it. If you don't know, Tony Tony Ferguson's a bad dude. Not afraid to bleed or make people bleed. His last two fights were stoppages by the doctor in a corner, the corner from his opponent. Yeah. So the dude doesn't mind to throw fists. The thing that scares me is that Gaethje can't take some hits. He absorbs 10 hits yep. per minute. Over but 10, yeah. On the contrary, Ferguson only absorbs three and some change. I think, I, I think the thing here, because we'll just have some banter back and forth about this, the one thing that's going to kill Gaethje is, yes, he, he can absorb those punches, but is he going to be able to get those punches off? You know, I mean, uh, Ferguson has a six-and-a-half-inch reach advantage. I was going to say, that's my differentiating factor in this because, fight. Because Gaethje's able to get away with it because he absorbs ten, but he, he lands eight-and-a-half. But is he going to be able to against Ferguson? I don't think so. His defense is phenomenal. He has a six-and-a-half-inch reach, so I don't think Gaethje's going to be able to close the distance enough to strike on him as much because Tony Ferguson also is a deadly hitter as well. And not only that with the statistical standpoint, but I think Tony Ferguson wants this interim belt so badly and he wants to fight Khabib more than anything in the entire world. I mean, this dude made weight for a fight that wasn't even going to (laughs) happen. So it's just a matter of how he's going to win this fight. I think I don't now, the more that I think about it, I don't even think it's that, that great of a, I think it is, and the, the one thing I kind of I kind of want to throw out there: if this fight was supposed to happen three weeks ago and it would have, I would have taken Tony Ferguson by a fucking country mile because Gaethje's like literally, dude, I'm taking a fight on 14 days' notice. But now you gave him an extra three weeks, three weeks to prepare, cut weight properly, get a, get a proper training camp because training camps are normally only three three to five weeks long. They're not. It's not like people train months and months and months for a fight. People train for three to five weeks. For a fighter, so now you gave Gaethje that extra three weeks. I mean, we're probably going to see a different Justin Gaethje than we would have saw, you know, three three weeks ago back in April when this fight was supposed to happen when it got canceled thanks to Corona. I'm glad it kind of did because now I think we're going to see a better fight overall. Um, I just think that I think that Ferguson's going to play this smarter than most of the fights on the card because everyone else is going to look at this card and be like, "Oh, everyone's going to be watching this because it's the only sporting event on." Tony Ferguson's going to look at it as in, I need to win this belt so I can fight Khabib. So he's going to play some good defense. He's going to chip away at Gaethje, piss him off the entire time, wear him down. I have him by KO in the fourth because Gaethje has never been past the fourth round in his career. Yes, he hasn't. Um, so what I'm taking three units on Tony Ferguson. Okay. I like that. What I think, I think, they're both great strikers. I think Tony Ferguson is the more well-rounded fighter. And I think the, the, this fight can be won in the clinch. Um, and that's where Ferguson's going to kind of, I mean, yes, he has the reach, so he should keep his distance and keep that strike, keep the strikes away. But I, like you said, 
He's a crazy motherfucker. I don't doubt that he's going to clinch up, clinch up with Gaethje and just go to town. But if you look at their grappling, I mean, Gaethje has like almost no grappling statistics at all because he doesn't do it. He just doesn't. I think that uh, Tony Ferguson is better in the cl- better in the clinch, better at grappling, and that's why where I think we'll separate him. Wear down Gaethje. I think he's actually in a. Uh, I have Ferguson by TKO in the third, and I have five units on it. Damn. So, lots of similarities here. What was that? Three, three different picks. One yeah, only because yeah. he felt bad taking yeah. off favorites. Yeah, which don't don't parlay all favorites. That's a horrible idea. Just don't do oh, it. Oh yeah, that's terrible. I would never do that ever because the chances of that happening are slim. However, this main card is looking pretty promising for all favorites. I mean, a small fifteen dollar parlay won't kill us. Won't. Won't kill us, no. Uh, but it's going to be a hell of a fight, fight night. I, I mean, for wait. those of you who aren't in the UFC, we've said it time and time again. This is going to be the time to get into the UFC with no other sports on. I mean, literally, Dana White's going to give you three fights in a week, and then probably some more after that. And, and so, the rest are free outside of the main card. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the fight next, the fights next Wednesday and Saturday are free too. That's what I meant. Like all the other fights are free except for this main card. Yeah, so get into it. Let us know. Um, with that being said, you know, uh, definitely definitely want to reiterate our giveaway. Um, we're going to be giving away a T-shirt for our 75th episode. Again, you don't have to pick a fighter. You don't have to pick a fight of who you think. You don't have to know anything about the fights. You don't even really have to watch them if you don't want. Yeah, just let us know when you think a KO is going to happen and wh- what round and what time. And we are going to look at all the chaos throughout the night and all the times and the closest in any fight. So that means like if somebody knocks somebody out in the first round or in the first fight, you can literally wait to the last fight of the night and you can still win. So just let us know a round and a time where a TKO will happen closest out of any TKO throughout the night. We'll win a, we'll win a free t-shirt and we'll give it to you. With that being said, we are, we do have some upcoming UFC fights. We're not going to record an episode next week about them because not as huge as this card is, but there are some good ones coming up, if I do say so myself. We got a Wednesday night, which is rare as hell. It's going to be awesome to be able to sit down on Wednesday night, watch some UFC. Uh, there's some good fights on that, for sure. Yeah, we got, We're definitely yeah, going to put out our picks, too, for those next week. Yeah. We, I mean, just, just to throw some stuff out there, Lionheart Smith, Anthony Smith fought against fought for the title against John Jones with the distance, fighting Glover Teixeira. Great one right there. Um, ben Rothwell's on that card. He's dated, He's married to uh, Ronda Rousey. Travis. Oh, uh, Travis Brown's married to Ronda Rousey. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. He is. You got a. Uh, you're right. Ben. But Ben Rothwell's still still a bad dude. Um, no, he's a big boy. You so still you got Travis's boy Drew Dober on that card. Yes, uh, I love Drew Dober. Always have. Don't know how he's not ranked yet, but Ray Borg's also on that card. Who fought for the featherweight title at one point? Or uh, not featherweight. The small, guy, small guys, flyweight, flyweight. God damn, I keep forgetting it. Um, and the one next Saturday is okay. Really, just just the main the main card. Al- Overeem, we've talked about numerous times tonight against Walt Harris. Um, but you know, you watch these small fights, you get to see these up and comers, and then when they become something, you're like, fuck. I remember watching that guy, you know, four or five years ago. So um, yeah, just get into it. Great time to bet. It's the only live sports we have that are in America. So. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun. Me and Jared are gonna be watching the fights on Saturday. 
just be sure to get those that contest in. I mean, it literally takes nothing, and you can win a free shirt. Yep, that's all I'm going to do. So. Favorite podcast. Yeah, exactly. Favorite podcast. Also, bet. <laughs> get out there and bet. You know I mean? Like, we haven't had live sports in a while. I know we fucking tanked from the draft. I doubt a lot of you guys went in on that, but this is actual human cockfighting, and we get to watch it in person. So, Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's a real sports away from Korean baseball. So get out there, bet. Hit us up if you don't really know much about UFC or you want some more in-depth shit. Other than that, uh, we will see you guys in a couple weeks. Peace out, Girl Scout. Fight. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.